right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm along with my colleague, Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers for The Athletic. And wow, do we have a triple header to talk to you about today. NASCAR at Sonoma, F1 at Baku, IndyCar at Road America. Lots happening all over the world. And uh, Jordan, we'll bring you in. How are you doing? Doing well. I don't know where we start. I mean, it was uh, a lot of storylines, a lot of wildness, a lot of unexpectedness to some degree, especially in the NASCAR race, because I know over the last 30 laps or so, we were sitting there like, is this is this the day Suarez is going to win? It felt, you know, I'll be honest, I feel like we have said he's somebody who kind of sees these things slip away for one reason or another. And we're kind of I was kind of making jokes about it or maybe I wasn't. I'm not sure. (laughs) How was he going to lose this race? And he pulled it off. Well, you know, it it just sort of you just kept waiting for something to fall out of the sky on him or him to overcook the corner. You know, a lot of pressure. I mean, we've seen him, you know, sort of try too hard at times or, you know, just make mistakes, things like that. And, you know, he just drove the race of his life. I mean, um, it it looked like uh, the the Hendrick guys were going to dominate for a while there. And they did in the first two stages. But once Suarez took the lead. Um, I mean, 47 laps led, um, out of a 110 lap race and, and looked very in control when Chris Busher was challenging him. Um, and they were both, you know, really going for it. Um, you know, he, he held him off and, and Busher was the ones who sort of overdid his tires. McDowell was in the picture. McDowell with all his road course experience, couldn't do anything with it. So, um, you know, just really, really interesting how that all went down and, uh, you know, geez, what a, what a story though. I mean, the, the storyline is going to more than, more than the race itself, obviously the storyline it, it's, it's big for NASCAR. It's big for track house. Um, you know, you, you've, you've seen this Daniels amigos push, you know, the, the diversity push, uh, NASCAR wants to get into the Hispanic market, but you can't really do much with that unless they have a reason to cheer. Now they have a reason to cheer. You know, Daniel Suarez is a cup series race winner. He's going to be in the playoffs. Um, and track house um, is he gonna be in the playoffs well yes i think he's going to i think he's going to there's not many there's not many people left that can get that first win and i know we saw a bunch of people running late um that you know you you they could shake it up more but i i don't think we're going to see that many so i'm still not going with the 16 winners but i'm with you it it just it does open that box up a little more which i thought it definitely does well it definitely does i mean he was in the 20 whatevers and points right but um you know, I, I just think, look, I mean, you, you just have to, you have to tip your hat to, to what they've accomplished. I mean, obviously I I've owned that before the season, I said track house was going to be the most disappointing team of the season. They have three wins. Um, they have won the first two road courses, road course races, in the next gen era. Um, Ross Chastain seems to be the fastest car every week. He's going into this break, uh, second in points, both their drivers are in. I mean, it's just a uh, just tremendous story all around, all the way around. And, and there's been so many first time winners this year, so many interesting results and interesting races. I mean, it's just chock full of storylines. I, I think you made a great point about Suarez. He was really unflappable at the end and he had a lot of opportunities where he could have made mistakes, especially on a road course. And he didn't make any. He, w- he was perfect. He, he, w- he got a great restart. He pulled away. He withstood Chris's challenge that's not something we've always seen from, from Suarez in these situations, but he executed perfectly today. 
it wasn't like he got lucky. It wasn't because things fell his way. He went out and earned it and took it. Kudos to him because that's that 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 was a great great drive. Yeah, and I mean, look, you you think you go back to Fontana earlier this season, right? And there was that late battle that he had with Kyle Larson, and he screwed up, right? He he, you know, gave Larson the wrong lane, and um, you know, he, it sort of cost him uh, a potential win then. And you go, ah, I don't know. I mean, and and then once once Chastain wins those two races, um, even Justin Mark said, well, it was hard on it was hard on uh, on Suarez and his whole team to see. You know, they were the ones at track house first, and then they merged with Ganassi, and um, you know he's retained, but Chastain comes in, and Chastain's the one everybody's talking about. Um, you know, really, Suarez only. I mean, he's only had uh, two top fives this year, only four top tens. I mean, Michael McDowell going into this race, um, has more top tens this season than Daniel Suarez. So despite being in a great car and a great team that everybody's been talking about, he has not gotten the finishes. And so you, you start to question, well, I mean, does this guy have the mentality? Does he have the makeup to do it? Um, you know, the team obviously kept believing him and believing in him all along, which is what you, you know, that's what Gibbs and SHR did not do. You know, he was, don't forget. I mean, he was complete afterthought. He was gone. You know, he was, he was driving, he was like cast aside. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he was driving for, I blanking on the team's name that the, it was a third rate team. Their cars were from Michael Walter racing. Remember? Wasn't he and driving Gaunt brothers stuff? Gaunt brothers. Thank you. Yeah. That's what it was. And that situation fell apart. And the Gibbs thing was unfortunate because he had some, he had a really promising second year in JGR had won a couple of polls had, had been close to a couple of wins at the second at Pocono. And just because Furniture Row Racing fell apart, you know, Truex became available and they made a decision to, to sign Truex and it, it made Suarez expendable. And then the situation at Stuart Haas Racing, Cole Custer has a monster year in the, in the Xfinity Series. And obviously he's got close ties to the Haas family and, and Gene and his, Joe is a, his father Joe is an executive over there. And it was just like they wanted to move him up and Daniel got squeezed over there and it just, it felt like you said, Jeff, it was like really no fault of his own. He was kind of pushed off and it was like almost a cast off. And then even when he signed with Trackhouse, like it was like, oh, okay, well, Justin Marks is going to start a cup team. Like, okay, sure. But like, how competitive are they going to be? What's it going to do? And last year, you know, you look at their points finish. I think they finished 25th in the standings. You're like, oh, that's, that's fine. But they had some, they had a lot of good runs. They had a lot of good runs where you look at it and you go, there's real potential there. They just got to clean up some things. And this year it's kind of started the same way. And once you get that reputation as a driver who, you know, tends to kind of not come through in the clutch, it, we, we've seen it with Larson. We've seen it with Chase Elliott. Reddick is kind of facing that now as well. It's hard to shake that. It takes a while. And, but wins like this go a long way to doing that. And I think too, once you perform in this situation and you get over that hurdle of driving those final laps going, you know, how can I not screw this up or what's, you know, what's going to stop me from doing it or what happens if I don't do this once, you know, you, you see how a driver's mentality changes the more often they're in these situations where they go from everybody. And I think themselves thinking, Oh gosh, like, I don't, I don't know if they can really pull this off to, Oh yeah, I've got this. I mean, I, I think of a William Byron type guy, right? Like when he would be in those situations Earlier in his career, you're like, ah, he didn't really have much faith he was going to close it out. And it didn't yeah. feel like he had much faith he was going to close it out. And then something would happen and 
you know, it, it just, it wouldn't work out. Now when William Byron's leading or dominating a race, you're like, yeah, he's, he's got yeah. this. He's going to go away with it. You know, I, I felt the same way about Kyle Larson for a long time. I mean, Kyle Larson was in chase Elliott is a perfect example. How many times was chase Elliott in the mix for the win before and, and something would happen. It were his fault or something else. And it was just like, Oh my goodness. And then finally, after what, two and a half years, he finally broke through. And now you don't even think about it when Elliott's in contention anymore. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I just think that the, you know, in, in some ways, you know, Elliot or Larson, I, I feel like they're sl- just slightly different in that, you know, they would be running up front pretty late or dominating a whole race or something. Sure. And then something would happen where Suarez, you know, it, it just, you felt like there was flashes there, but there really wasn't much to back up. Like, can this guy really put a whole race together? I mean, you even think about he was so fast at at Coda. Um, maybe he had a faster car than Chastain that day. He led the first fifteen yeah. laps. He won stage he dominated one. Dominated stage one. That's right. Yep. And they kept him out. And then um, he had to pit. And so he he got you know sort of in the back of the field on that restart at Coda and gets hit, gets collected. His power steering goes out, and he ends up watching his teammate get the first win for Trackhouse instead. Um, and you know that's that's obviously a, a you know got to be a big blow mentally. Um, but look, I mean, the guy, he's done it now. And, uh, I think, I think there's, you know, I, I do think there's more to come. Um, and it's, it's exciting. I think it's exciting to see new faces. It's, I mean, gosh, all the first time winners this year have been absolutely incredible. Unbelievable. Absolutely. And unbelievable. all the good storylines too. I mean, Chase Briscoe breaking through Austin Cinder, the Daytona 500, Ross Chastain, Suarez. Am I missing anyone else? Um, yeah, I have to think about that. There's been so many. We're like, uh. <laughs> I gotta go you know? work now. I think those are yeah. the four. Yeah, that that sounds right to me. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, gosh, it it's and and I think it still continues to throw a wrench in the playoffs as well because, you know, all of a sudden you go, well, wait a minute now, um, and and we wouldn't have even really mentioned this before because it was like, well, is Suarez going to make the playoffs? I don't really know, you know, because he was so far down in points and it was like he didn't really have the confidence that he was going to be able to to win his way in necessarily. Um, but now he's in and you go, well, wait a minute. Um, there's a road course in the playoffs. He's good at that. Uh, you know, there's other tracks where, you know, track house, they're continuing to show strength all through the, the first 16 races or whatever it's been. And, you know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of promise there and, and, you know, wow, maybe they could make a little bit of a run, both those cars. So it just, it, it continues to change the dynamic. Um, I don't know. It's just, you know, we, we were sold on this best season, everything last year. Um, but I think at least for this first half of the season, uh, when you look at the amount of races that people have liked in the, in the good race poll, for example, the amount that have already gotten over 80%, somebody had asked me last week, wow, how many, how many over 80% does this compare to past years? And I think it was already like tied for the most or something like that. Um, you know, in, in terms of what people considered, you know, good to great races. Um, and then, you, you take that, you take all the different storylines, all the new faces, all the sort of, you know, uh, the way that, that we view the next gen car, um, on the bigger tracks now. And there's just been so many layers to this season so far. And we're not even at the playoffs. We're not even, you know, at the official halfway point as, as far as number of races. Um, it just feels like there's a, a lot to talk about right now. It feels wide open too. It doesn't feel like there's one driver team dominating every week. Yeah, we see the same guys in the mix 
Elliott, Larson were strong today. Chastain has been up there on a regular basis. Hamlin, too. But fresh faces in victory lane. The, you look at the playoff picture, that is jumbled. And you got some guys who are used to making the playoffs or, you know, in contention, and they're on the other side now. This is this has been a fun year. The racing's been good. It's not been perfect, but it's been good. A lot of storylines, and it sets up for what should be coming out of the break, a very interesting summer stretch with some really intriguing races. Road America, Atlanta, Talladega, Watkins Glen, Indianapolis, where, again, you don't know what to expect there, and we saw it today. This is going to be a fascinating you know, end to the, the next 11 weeks to end the regular season. Well, you know, you talk about the the shape of the playoffs and and how it's been going. Obviously, with with twelve winners so far, four spots left. Um, but you know, this you know Suarez leaping in now bumps Kevin Harvick out. So Reddick was already uh, below the line, and he had you know he had to go to the garage today because he got damage. Um, you know, had a bad finish, so you knew he was going to fall farther out. But Harvick, despite finishing fourth uh, today at Sonoma, um, ends up slipping out of the current playoff picture. He was he, already out too. I thought he was in and Reddick was out. No, he was out as of last week because he crashed and finished 33rd. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, my bad on that then. Who was, yeah. who, so Harvick Reddick was coming in? into today. Harvick yeah. was two points behind Reddick in the stand. Oh, Reddick was in and Harvick was out. Yes. My bad, my bad. Okay. Well, they're both out now. Yeah. Um, but those are two <laughs> guys though. We expected before the year, like, Oh, you know, we kind of, you know, said like we, we expect these guys to be in the mix and right. You know, and they're not. And that, that just shows you. And it's, you know, well, if, yeah. if you're talking about Tyler Reddick, we, we, you, if you're that team, you're going to, you got to take a hard look at yourself for the next week because you have left a lot of points on the table. You've left a lot of potential wins on the table and it very well could cost you a playoff spot. How many times this year has Reddick been fast, had a potentially winning race car and something has happened to it for one reason or another. And it's getting to that point where you're going to really start kicking yourself over and over again. Well, I think he's already there because you look at it now. He's he's 42 points behind Almirola for the cutoff spot. Um, Harvick's only seven points behind, so that's a lot more. That's a lot more doable. But um, you know, Austin Dillon's within five points of Reddick now, so Reddick has really lost a lot of ground points wise. And you probably have to assume that somebody, there's going to be at least one more new winner, maybe that's not, you know, locked in and maybe it's going to bump somebody even further. So that Almirola spot right now might not even exist. And so then you, you move up to, uh, Christopher Bell would be the one above that. And, you know, Reddick is, uh, 63 points, I think by him already. So that's, I mean, you're talking a whole race and you're starting to run out of time. Um, you're talking to, like you must win, like forget points. We have to go for wins. Well, yeah, it, I don't know that you're, I don't know that that's at that point yet, but it's, it's starting to get to that point and, and there's no reason they should have, like you said, they've, they've left so many points on the table because of mistakes. Um, and you know, it, it would be obviously shocking if Harvick missed the playoffs too, but, um, despite running well, I mean, it's funny because, Harvick again, he's he's twelfth in like the actual point standings, but he's not in the top sixteen when you take all the different winners into account. So, yeah, this is uh this NBC half of the season um, and this run to the regular season finale is going to be, it's just going to be super interesting. Um, and obviously, with mo- more road courses to come, uh, you also have 
uh, another, you know, the, the Daytona race to end the regular season. That's a wild card race. You never know what, you know, if there's going to be a fuel mileage race or like a Michigan type thing. There's, there's a lot of, uh, little landmines out there where more people could win. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm still going to stick to my not 16 winners because I don't want to waffle on that too no. much and change it every week. But there's, I mean, you just look, looking at this, there's a lot of things that could happen. And I'll tell you what, too, in terms of being wrong, uh, in addition to saying that Trackhouse is the most disappointing team, uh, in terms of being wrong, you know, I obviously didn't have either the Trackhouse drivers in, well, we had the same playoff pick, so you're with me. Um, I didn't call them disappointing. I just, for the record. Yes, but I'm saying in terms of our playoff picks, people who were in that we didn't think were going to be in, Cindric, Chastain. Um, I don't think I had Kurt Busch. I don't think we did. We have Kurt Busch. I don't think we did. I had Kurt Busch out last year, but I had him in this year. I oh believe. well, we had the same pick, so I guess we did. Um, I think we had Briscoe in, so we we saved ourselves on that one. Um, but yeah, Suarez. I mean, so there's, you know, I'll, I don't think I had Almarola uh, if he ends up making it, but. Uh, no, certainly I, uh, I had Harvick in, you know, you wouldn't think Harvick's going to miss the playoffs under any, any scenario, but, uh, I had Keselowski, we, we, we had Keselowski in too, unfortunately for us, not looking good, but, um, you know, it just, I, I guess my point is if you, if you go back to what the conventional wisdom was at the beginning of the season and think about all what we were wondering about the new car and all the questions we had, um, as the answers come into come become more clear here, it's just, uh, it continues to surprise. It does. And I think this is also going to be a race that Harvick looks back on and goes, man, we, we maybe had a shot there. He had a really fast car until that last pit stop, lost track position, still finished fourth. And when you're sitting on the wrong side of the cut line and you haven't had a lot of opportunities to win races this year for a lot of different reasons, and you let one slip away, I mean, that, that's tough. Well, and I'll tell you who else, you know, let one slip away, not, playoff wise, but I mean, Chase Elliott, um, if, if his pit crew, I mean, he ends up coming back to finish eighth, but if he hadn't gotten that, that penalty for pitting outside the box, uh, as good as he was looking and as bad as Larson's day ended up going, um, after Cliff Daniels made that, uh, strategy call that it, it just didn't work out after stage one. Um, I think Elliott was on the right strategy, uh, you know, I, I think Elliot could have won this race and and further cemented himself as a road course ace. And obviously, the narrative would have extended been completely different. Lead. That's right. Yeah, extended his points Regular lead. Season title and, and Larson's another guy too. Like he's only got one win this year, and I, and I use that in quotes one win, only one win. But this is a win too that you kind of got away from. You, you look back, you know, Kansas, maybe you know, great duel with Kurt Busch, but finishes second there. Comes back in the six hundred, has a great run in the second half. That gets away from him. Not his fault that what happened the cautions and everything and you know what you know the chaos that happened and then again today great car and, and i don't mind their strategy call i thought that was it worked for me a year ago you know why not try it again today and that's fine but you, when you go to a racetrack and you've got the fastest car you dominate the way you do in stage one and you you leave not with the win but with your crew chief now going to be suspended four races um that that's that's a that's a tough pill to swallow well and i'll, I'll tell you what too i mean just to put in perspective, Larson's season so far, um, you know, let me ask you this. Do you think Martin Truex Jr. is having a good season? I think he's having a better year than people want to give him credit for. Well, he's ahead of, he has, he's has more points than Kyle Larson does this season. Truex. Yeah. And he's come uh, close to winning a few times this year too. 
but I guess my, my point is I'm not, I don't think of someone as like, Oh, Truex is having a great season. Uh, you think of more, you know, Larson is the favorite, the, the betting favorite almost every single week. Sure. And obviously the defending champion, but like you said, I mean, only one win and, and really not getting sort of uh, the amount of finishes, you know, they, they have spurts here and there uh, where the, they'll get their good finishes, but um, it's not the Larson season that certainly we, anything close to what we saw last year. But the um, only difference, can I just say something though? The difference of yeah. that though is, is he didn't get his second win of the year until the 600 last year. And then he went on this huge run, really kind of starting in the summer. So it's not like he's horribly behind his pace a year ago. I mean, it's not to that level. Not even He's not leading the same number of laps or anything like that. But it's not like he's way out in left field, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I just, um, Hendrick doesn't seem like, they've, they've kind of, they haven't had the best few weeks here. Uh, Gateway was not a good race for the Hendrick guys. Um, you look at how, how highly regarded uh, Hendrick was on the road courses last year with that track attack program that everybody talked about. Oh, Hendrick's got all these advantages and all that stuff. Um, you know, Larson or uh, Elliot was their highest finisher today. Um, in P nine Byron was, or sorry, P eight Byron was P nine. Uh, Larson with the, after the wheel coming off ends up rallying to finish P 15 and Bowman was 16th. Uh, obviously, I, like I said, it, the narrative could have been different had they not made mistakes, but still it's not like, you know, you're not like, wow, Hendrick is just going to go stomp everyone. I mean, right now, obviously, Trackhouse uh, has won the last two road course races. So in the next road course race, who would you say? You know, I think that may, maybe is Road America the next road course race. Yeah, 4th of July weekend. Are, you know, are, are people going to go in there saying, oh, it's going to be Elliot Larson? Or are they, they going to say, yeah? I mean, look Chastain at Elliot, and I mean, Suarez have won the last two races. Sure, but Bowman was really good at, at Coda and almost won that race until – you know, the last lap you look at today, the two fastest cars for most of the race were the nine and the five. And then various reasons took them out. So, I mean, they haven't had the finishes to correspond with their speed, but the speed has been there. I don't know. I mean, I, it was hard to tell in those first two stages today because nobody could really pass. And, you know, once everything got shaken up, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, Larson was out front for a while, but even before the wheel came off, once he got mired back in the back and had to restart 20, whatever, from staying out at the end of stage one, he really couldn't. I mean, I think he got back up to 15th. He got into the top back in the top 10. Before the end of stage? Yeah, he got, and not at the end of the stage, but it was right before. He got into the top back and half of the top 10. It cycled through a little bit. After everybody pitted. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying when he raced his way back up in there, he couldn't He couldn't make the gains. Like last year with the old car, he drove his way. He he did had the same strategy, stayed out at the end of stage one, right? And he drove all the way back up through the field after restarting sure. in the mid-pack and won, still won the stage. You know what I'm saying? I get that. Well, then I would go back to this, though, is that if, okay, if track position matters so much, they certainly had track position because they qualified so well. And they're qualifying. I mean, Larson wins the pole. Elliott qualified well as well. You know, I mean, they're, they have the speed. They're just, they maybe don't have the strategy to execute that speed and put themselves in a position to get track position. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. Um, I just think uh, it's, it's uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about a couple other people before we move on. Um, you know, Cindric ends up finishing fifth, but I kind of thought, um, I guess maybe I was expecting him to see him more toward the front uh, based on what we know about his road course prowess. Um, I thought Chase Briscoe would maybe have a little bit better day. He ends up finishing 13th. Um, 
And obviously Almendinger was a complete non-factor, but it seemed like maybe he was having mechanical issues or something. Yeah, they say power steering on there. And then he spun out late. So he got back in the top 10. He was actually kind of manhandled that car up to, into 10, the top 10, and then got off track there with like four laps to go or whatever it was. Yeah. But, you know, it suddenly seems like there's a lot of people um, as the road course races have unfolded here where you're like, you know, because, you know, in the past you'd go into some of these, I mean, let's say, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, you'd go into a road course race and you'd say, well, there's probably about three guys who I would think are going to win this race, you know? Oh, you know, especially like when Marcus Ambrose was around or Stewart or Gordon, um, it wasn't like this wide variety of people who you thought, oh, this guy's going to win. You know, um, there was people who were pretty elite at it and that field seems to be widening. I feel like, uh, of guys who can go out and do it. I mean, just obviously two first time road course winners in the first, uh, and two first time winners in general in the first couple of road course races of the next gen era. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, with so many more road course races to go, it'll be interesting to see how it, how that all develops. What do you think about the racing with this car on the road courses? Um, a little underwhelming because we heard so much about when, during the development process of this car of how it was made for road course racing. And it sounded like from everybody talking about how the racing was going to be very competitive and, and good and it was going to amplify the the you know the the quality of racing on road courses then to justify NASCAR moving to additional road courses and I don't know I mean I go back to Coda and Coda was just eh it was fine it wasn't horrible but field got spread out not a lot of action until the last few laps today it was fine but I mean there wasn't a lot of hard racing there wasn't a lot of side by side racing passing was a challenge as you talked about Jeff it just was it wasn't what we're kind of growing accustomed to with the old car. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, when you look at, I think if you take away the storyline of the first time potential first time winners or guys who could win their way into the playoffs kind of thing. Um, like let's say that, you know, there was, it was a mostly dry race and there was a late battle for the lead between like Kyle Bush and Logano and, Logano ended up winning by 3.8 seconds, which is what Suarez won by. Um, and sixth place was 12 seconds back, and, you know, it was pretty spread out. I think people would go, eh, well, that wasn't the, you know, at one time Sonoma was pretty crazy and wild, and, you know, they there'd be all this action and spinning and tempers and all this Brian stuff. Brian Vickers sitting on tires. And- I mean, yeah, uh, uh, Tony Stewart has, has had his share of run-ins there. Uh, there was a great incident with him and Boris said years ago. Um, but I mean, there was only, if you take the, the, um, the stage breaks away, uh, you had Bubba Wallace's blown engine and you had debris. So that was the two, that was the two cautions. There wasn't like some multi-car wreck or something like that, uh, that, you know, everybody's just like, Oh my gosh, that was completely crazy. I mean, there was some good, you know, action on the restarts and, and things like that, but uh, you almost wonder if like this car designed to be a sports car makes it, um, Too good. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it races better on these tracks. Right. Yeah. And I guess part of the charm of the rise of the NASCAR road courses in a way was because there's so like these big, huge, heavy cars that aren't designed for these tracks, lumbering around wheel hopping, hard to break, hard to even stay on the track. Um, you know, just not built for that kind of thing. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the cars people, would wheel hop. The guy drivers would miss gears all the time. It all they just weren't designed for road courses. It's like forcing a square peg into a round hole. But damn, it was entertaining to try to get that square peg into a round hole. And and you say you know your your team chaos and you like the chaos and that's what a lot of the old you know with the old car that's what a lot of the road course races were. Now Sonoma itself really hasn't had that same amount of action um, recently, like compared to like a Watkins Glen, there's been some pretty dry Sonoma races. I think there was one not too long ago where, uh, the only cautions were for the stage breaks. Um, and you know, there's, it's been a lot more about strategy. I think obviously again, we, and we've echoed this over and over, but you really have to say it again, that knowing when the stage breaks are and then knowing when the cautions are going to come out has really ruined the road course strategy, uh, compared to what we used to see. Um, pretty much everyone's in the same boat and you can't really do, I mean, people, most people pit before the end of the stage cause they know it's coming out. It was a lot more fun when, you know, you didn't know when the cautions were coming and, uh, you know, something would, or maybe they were coming or not coming and, and it would shake things up and you had to really, you know, do your race strategy backwards and all those things. Um, I wish they would, I'm fine if they keep doing the stages, but I, I still wish they would let them just run green and see how that would, you know, even, even do it for one road course race. I don't care just to see how it works. Cause I think they're missing out on some, some compelling action. Uh, but you know, by stopping the races and everybody knows when they're going to stop, especially at, at, at a road course when you could pit and not lose a lap, you know, that continues to, I think, take away from some of it. But, um, I don't know. I just, I, I wish that because the road courses, people, they added road course for a reason. You know what I mean? Like they were the new short tracks. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not sure I'm getting racing, that. Unpredictability, chaos, drivers pissed off. And and certainly you had the unpredictability today with the different faces up there, but just the action from the race itself. Again, if, if it wasn't those two, those drivers up there and you replaced them with guys who had won a lot of races, I'm not sure people would have loved it, but. Yeah, I don't know how you fix it. I, I agree with you on the stages. I just realistically, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I, I why? wish it would. Why can't they, why can't they just the let it go? Because the whole argument for stages, well, one of the reasons for the argument was this is going to give us a natural timeout to let people, uh, let our television partners go to break, let people have a, a catch their breath, you know, break things up a little bit. You, you know all this. I mean, and so. Yeah, but that didn't, that was what they said at first, but that didn't really happen. When they first I, I announced, so when they first announced it, they said they were going to, it was basically. No, here's gonna, the other thing too. Yeah. So do you only do this at road courses? Because an argument could be made, a really good argument could be made. The same should apply to Pocono, which is the same thing. Well, I think you could make the argument for super speedways too. Yeah, Throw that in there too. So then you're opening up a Pandora's box of how do you go by, how do you decide okay, we're going to have stage breaks here. We're not going to have stage breaks here. You know, okay, how does a track justify having a stage break or not justify it? It just, to me, it's a really slippery slope. And do, do you want to make that decision every year? Do you, do you make it a week before the or the race? Do you make it two weeks? Do you, do you consult with crew chiefs and pull them? Like, I, I don't know. So how do you make that decision? I think you try it once. You try it, see sure. how it goes. And if it you know, enhances the race. You go, Oh, maybe we should look at doing more of this type of thing at different tracks. You don't have to just say, okay, we're going to do it at all these type of tracks and lump everything in together. There's a lot of road course races. Try it at one road course, see how it works. And if it doesn't work, 
It's okay. But just let it run green and just see what happens. I'm, but if I'm it works saying. the first time and then it doesn't work the second time, then you take it away. I mean, it's just, you know, and how do you define that works? Because you have strategy. Like, I mean, there was strategy in today's race. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, Kyle Everybody's Larson on the it. same strategy, really. Not really. Kyle Larson wasn't on the same strategy. Well, that's the, that's the exception, right? That's what everybody points to last year. Yeah, that's he, why, I mean, so there are guys. But it didn't work. It didn't work. His strategy didn't work today anyway. So. Well, it worked. I mean, his tire came off. I mean, if the tire doesn't come off, who knows? I mean, I'm just saying. You know, so there there is strategy. Maybe it's not to the same level it was, but I mean, again, it's a it's a real broad brush of like, hey, let's try. I mean, sure, try it once, fine. But again, what is your definition of this working? I just think you've well. I mean, you look at the road course races before stages, and you look at them since stages, and I would argue that the road course races, as they grew in popularity, were more entertaining before there were stages because of the strategy is so straightforward now, and you don't have that backward strategizing type thing. That's, that's all. I mean, I just think it's, it's simple. You look at what you have now compared to what you used to have. Um, again, there's a reason that we saw the road courses added. Sonoma once got like a 90 something in the poll. I don't think it's, this is not going to get that. Um, so, you know, despite there being an interesting winner, I think that'll, that will help inflate it. And you know, the compelling battle at the end and people feel, people feel positive about Suarez because he's a likable person right? So that will help people's perception of the race. But I just don't think it's the Sonoma racing that, I mean, okay, I don't want, I, I'm, I'm not solely blaming it on this, but look at the grandstands today. It's obviously not a destination race anymore. I, I was very disappointed because I love Sonoma and it, it I, I was, you know, it kind of hurts me to see that it didn't get a good turnout. And what, why didn't get, why why didn't people go there? All these tracks this year. I mean, we've all been talking all year. Wow. The most of these tracks have had booming attendance and, and really improvements, uh, noticeable improvements over previous years. You know, everybody's all the restrictions have been lifted pandemics, you know, people aren't as worried about it now and they're traveling again. Why, why didn't people go to Sonoma? That's a good question. I was wondering the same thing. And because like you said, we, we've seen a lot of buzz, a lot of energy with races this year. A lot of races have, are not a lot, but quite a few number of races have sold out. Why? What's the issue at Sonoma? It was noticeably a struggle today. And part of me wonders if there's the, you know, before road course racing was a novelty. You, you saw it twice a year. You saw it once here at Sonoma. You saw it once at Watkins Glen. And that was it. And if you were a fan and you wanted to see this kind of racing, you had to make it was a destination. Now you've got options. You live in the Midwest, you go to Road America, you can go to Indianapolis. You live in the Southeast, Roval's right there. I mean, you you know, you go to Coda. I mean, now it's not as exciting. It's not as it's not as unique as it once was. I'm still not saying we need to eliminate road courses, but if you're a fan, you've if you just went from only having two races a year to, to six, that that's gonna change it a little bit. Yeah, but I still feel like Sonoma in particular was a pretty exceptional road course race for a while there. And it was like, wow, Sonoma has continued to deliver. I want to say there was maybe four or five years in a row where it was just awesome. And people really look forward to it. And, you know, I think that helps draw people ultimately. Yeah. It's, it's great to have, you know, if somebody wants to go see a road course race, fine. But if it's a great road course race where, you know, stuff's going to happen and it's going to be compelling, that's even more reason to go, especially with a destination race like Sonoma where everybody wants to go out to wine country and it's expensive you know, too take right a now, vacation. Travel. 
it is very expensive right now. It is very expensive right now. That's definitely it's true. It's not easy to get to. I mean, it's, you know, you find a, one of three airports, all of which are, you know, an hour away or so. It's not the easiest track in the world to get to. Well, there's a lot harder tracks to get to, let's be honest. I'm but I'm disagreeing mean, on that, but it just, I'm saying it's, you know, you start adding these things together and you look at this and go, eh, is it worth it? Yeah. Well, I know. I, I, I again, though, I, I kind of point the finger at the racing. You've got to have like super interesting racing to get people to want to say, Hey, I'm going to come out there in addition to taking my vacation out there. So yeah, it's interesting. I, they've got to, they've really got to solve that though. I, I, and try to figure out what the underlying reasons are. I, I'm not going to pretend to have the answer as to why, um, the stands look sparse, but I think of all the years that I've seen Sonoma, I can't recall there being that few people, um, at least when it's been a full capacity type event. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That was, that was, uh, that was really weird, but, um, yeah, overall, I, I think, uh, you know, look, I, people aren't going to remember much about this other than that, that Suarez run one. He had the pinata taco pretty cool there. Um, I mean, if he's going to bring out pinatas and try to smash the pinatas every time, that's about as good as the Ross Chastain watermelon. I mean, that's a good, that's a good celebration right there. What are you putting in your pinata? pinata? What kind what of, am candy? I putting in it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to think like, it looked like they wanted him to run it over with the car and it did. It originally just got stuck under the, under the car and he had to punch it to, but so if you're going to run it over with the car, you know, these, you don't want to get in trouble. Like, uh, with the RFK racing, repairing their, you know, like if it's some sticky melty kind of chocolate and yeah, you have to like re- chocolate chip cookies or anything like that in there, you have to repair the car because you got this like laffy taffy <laughs> heated up and it got all up in the components of the car that are so expensive Gummy and everything. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So what you want to put in the pinata is something that's not going to be too hard to clean. Basically is what I'm going for. Yeah. I mean, maybe like a Jolly Rancher. Cause it's not going to break up if it gets ran over. It'd be really hard to break that up. No, I disagree because, um, on TikTok recently, not to go on a total tangent here. Oh God. Um, do you, do you follow, do you, you ever watch TikToks, Jordan? I, the only TikTok videos I watch are dog videos. I kid you not. Okay. Well, there's these guys on TikTok party shirt and they do this factor cap segment where people tag them in videos that seem implausible or hard to believe. This one person melted down Jolly Ranchers and then basically um, liquefied them and like almost blew them into like a bubble, like a glass bubble thing. And then you could eat them. And uh, they tried this. And it, it turns out you can like you put them in the microwave or whatever it does. I don't know how they. I can't remember how they did I'll it. I'll be doing this later. And they basically liquefied the Jolly Ranchers into this sort of like delicious. So anyway, you can overheat the Jolly Ranchers, which is again hey, so you don't want that sticking to your race. You're car. going back and you spend all your free time watching these videos. A father of two, you know, it's get pulled in twenty different directions, and you're watching candy videos on TikTok. They're on my for you page. I don't control what comes on my for you page. <laughs> That's the same thing so like, I say to my wife when she's like, why are you watching this video? You know, this like dumb joke or something like that, you know, like some, somebody has some fart joke or something. I'm like, that's my for you page. Now the algorithm knows you, unfortunately. So yeah, which is a little scary that this is yeah. what's popping up in your algorithm. Exactly. Exactly. I have to own that. It, it does know you, you know, based on your <laughs> taste. So if it's fart jokes and life, melted you probably, candy, you probably like search like melting candy. 
No, you don't have to search it. It just knows. Trust me. We're, we're going too far down the TikTok road. I could go on a whole episode about this. But anyway. Oh, I, I have so many questions, Jeff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we might as well do the Was It a Good Race poll because we've got uh, a lot more to talk about. Uh, unless there's something else you want to talk about from. No, we answered the big question, which is I wanted to know what you'd have in your pinata. Okay. Well, um, what happened last week at, at the Gateway one? Who won that? I can't even remember. Uh did I? I don't remember. I just, you know. I don't know. I don't think I saw a tweet from Big Joe Wall during the race day. <laughs> Actually, he probably tweeted me, but I had made the mistake of tweeting about uh, Bubba Wallace during the race when he blew his engine. That's all I tweeted. Bubba Wallace blew his engine. This is unfortunate. Lots of things keep happening. And just the amount of just, I, you can't, I can't even, whenever I just mention Bubba Wallace on Twitter, my timeline, my replies are like done for the rest of the day. It's, it's yeah. unreadable unreadable like the amount of just vitriol and just awfulness yeah it's disgusting it's you can't even like i I can't even wade through it and and what's crazy to me is like a lot of these people they don't even follow me like i click on their profile like it's almost predictable you see the worst reply like you're like wow that's extremely racist holy cow and you click on it they don't follow me well how do they see this tweet i don't know i don't know how it gets blasted out into the universe if they're bots or whatever but it's like, holy cow. So anyway, maybe Big Joe Wall did tweet the latest results to me, but I've missed I've missed the good people who follow me. I missed their replies because it gets lost in all this awfulness and I just have to scroll past and try to get to like the next thing. So you're just like, okay, this is this conversation's been completely ruined. But anyway, I don't know. I can't remember who won. I have a short short memory, obviously. But I'm pretty sure I did. You won again. I thought it was like a really narrow victory. Didn't you say, what was the final result? Do you remember? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I should have looked this up before everybody out there is probably yelling at their phone. Like they, they know, but I think I won by the, the, the slimmest of margins, but you know, way to put some prep into the podcast. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I forgot watching candy videos on TikTok. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And fart joke videos. That's great. Classy. Anyway, uh, well, since you, you claim to have won, that means you have to go first. So congrats. <laughs> uh, popular win, popular driver, good, good finish. Racing was so, so 73%. Hmm. Very interesting. This is a very tough. Yeah, I got it this... right here, by the way. Sorry. I don't mean to oh, interrupt. Okay. He did, he did. He didn't tag you in this. That's the problem, Jeff. He just tagged me. Oh, so what big is Joe what Wall does it 72, say? Jordan Bianchi with another win. That makes three in a row, a tie for uh, for longest winning streak this year. And I've also won seven out of the last nine. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Winners um, win. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Um, well, anyway, I guess I'll just make my guess. So, uh, so. Yeah, I think 73 is a really interesting guess because I don't think it was a great race, but obviously um, the the end made it compelling. And then obviously, like you said, popular winner, first-time winner, that always seems to boost it. And so I think people will feel positive about it overall. So I think it's going to be closer to 80. I'll say 79, 79% for me. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think it's probably going to be in the mid the low, mid to high 70s. So you'll probably get the win on that one. That's a good pick, but I, I think... His, the popularity of this win, the celebration afterwards, that'll probably sway people. Yeah. Well, Jordan, we have some exciting news 
on the podcast. Do you know what it is? Do you know what I'm going to say? I don't because you don't tell me anything when it comes to you know, planning ahead or anything. So That's true. Well, um, you know, sometimes you hear us read ads on the podcast yes. um, ourselves. And uh, we, you know, we have advertisers. But a lot of those, well, actually every single one of those ever has been for like the Athletic Podcast Network. You know, the Athletic has tons of podcasts. So, you know, people will do an ad and it'll be across numerous podcasts, not just for the teardown, even though we might have our own promo code, which we hope you use because it probably helps us. Um, but you know, we, nobody's said, Hey, we just want to advertise just for the teardown yet, but we have one person or one company that decided to do that this week. Would you like to take a listen? I'd love to please. Hey, what's up everybody. It's NASCAR spotters, Brett Griffin and Freddie Kraft. We're excited to tell you about our new lifestyle racing brand, Couchracer. Our website is couchracershot.com, and we're about to share a code with you shortly to get you a free gift. First of all, if you're already listening to our buddies Jeff and Jordan here on the Teardown, like we do every week, you're definitely a couch racer. You love racing, you love to watch and talk racing, and you're smarter than the racers themselves that are in the game. And when Brett and I aren't at the racetrack spotting, we're at home being couch racers ourselves. That's exactly right, Freddie. CouchRacerShop.com is the most inclusive racing brand in the world. CouchRacerShop.com is our website, and it's where you'll find awesome racing designs. We have our Freddie shirt, line of spot-on apparel, CouchRacer branded items, along with popular racing freedom design. This CouchRacer freedom design shirt is the coolest USA racing theme shirt ever. Go to CouchRacerShop.com and use the code TEARDOWN at checkout to complete your order, and we'll throw in an awesome premium CouchRacer decal for you. That's right. Visit CouchRacerShop.com. All right. How about that? That was a pretty cool ad. That's uh, nice. Yeah. We even got a shout out in an ad, which I feel like they didn't have to do. I so, appreciate Brett and Freddie's for doing that. Yeah. No, I I think that was really nice of them. Um, and and Freddie is going to need, need some... Uh, consoling after Bubba's wreck today anyway. Yeah, um, man, that's his seat. Bubba's season just gone the wrong direction. So many missed opportunities. Not really his fault either, by the way. Yeah, actually he, he, I don't know if I'm supposed to read this, but he probably won't get mad um, because he, he, he wanted to know if the teardown had its own Twitter handle, which we don't. He texted me uh, while, while we've been recording here and says, does the teardown have its own Twitter handle? Forgive me, I've been drinking since lap eight. <laughs> so, Freddie he tweeted uh, that too. So, uh, oh, he did. Okay, well, yeah, there you he go. tweeted. I don't feel bad effect, about is, reading his text. Man. But so, yeah, so you, maybe you guys should uh, support them. I think I'll support them actually. And use they use the teardown code because I'm so happy that somebody advertised just for the teardown. That was very cool of them to to do that. So, we appreciate that. So let's talk about Baku now. Does that sound like a good idea? Sounds great. Well, it was an early race uh, for Formula One. Um, my wife, Sarah, and I, she woke up at 4.50 Mountain Time when we set our alarms because she's a, a Leclerc fan now. And um, she got the full Ferrari experience, uh, as you put it. We were, we were texting about this. Um, saw her driver win the pole. Um, seemed like he was in good position even after uh, he had lost the lead at the start. Uh, because he was going to, you know, his strategy looked like it was going to be okay there. He was managing the tires. All right. And, uh, then Ferrari gets the, <laughs> the old double DNF. She went back to sleep by halfway point of the race, disgusted. And, uh, boy, Ferrari, 
Ferrari going to Ferrari, Jordan, as you Ferrari said. Ferrari going to Ferrari, baby. That pretty much encapsulates being a Ferrari fan right there. Expectations high, feeling good. Things are on the rebound. This is our year. I'm going back to bed at halfway. <laughs> oh, I feel I feel so bad. I mean, you know, you don't hear uh, too many Juan Pablo Montoya mentions on the F1 broadcast. Uh, but both in practice and during the race broadcast today, Montoya got mentioned because I think they said in 2001, he won five straight poles and didn't win any of those races. Charles Leclerc has now won four straight poles and hasn't won any of the races. Um, another Verstappen win, another Red Bull one, two, absolutely demoralizing for everyone else. Um, Mercedes ends up finishing three, four. But out of, you know, basically in spite of themselves, in spite of their, their car, which is, you know, you know, bouncing so badly down the straightaways that Lewis Hamilton's back is like injured. And Toto's, Toto almost seemed to call into question whether Lewis could even race next week at Montreal because Montreal is going to be bumpy as well. Um, boy, geez, what a mess. Uh, this looks like it could be game over Ferrari uh, and everyone else as Red Bull runs away with it. How does Max Verstappen and Red Bull not win the championships? Like, barring a complete and epic collapse, like I don't, I don't see it. I just don't. Like, I mean, they would need to just fall apart. I posed that question on Twitter, a similar question. I said, you know, sell me on a reason Verstappen's not just going to run away with it. Most people had jokes. Um, some people said there is no reason to say that. A lot of people argue. Cost cap so, is the one thing that you can kind of circle. Yeah, um, people brought that up that Red Bull sort of already up against it and they might not be able to match Ferrari with updates later in the season. But I mean, okay, let's say Ferrari gets better and is finishing one, two or something or, or one, three or whatever it is. You would think unless Mercedes makes some big gains, Red Bull's still going to be getting podiums yeah, uh, without disasters so and do you actually trust ferrari to even get it right with a fast race car because they have shown with fast race cars they will still screw up strategy and and, and push their drivers out i mean we saw it at monaco i mean so even if everything is going their way they're still going to find a way to screw it up it, it 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 feels that way it feels that way at times and um i don't know i i think the one thing that you could look at is you know Checo has confidence. He has speed. Now he wasn't anywhere in Verstappen's ballpark today. You know, once Verstappen passed him, it was over and he won by like 18 seconds or whatever. But you have to think, I mean, let's say Verstappen has a failure. I mean, Red Bull, we thought Red Bull was the one having problems earlier in the season. That was, that was, you know, like, Oh, can they finish races? What's wrong with them? I mean, when we were in Miami, we're asking Christian Horner, what's up with your reliability, right? Yeah. Um, and the, the, the narrative on that's turned around very quickly, but they could still have gremlins that pop up and, or, you know, Verstappen could wreck, although he's, he's been much cleaner and much he's smarter not, about, yeah, he's not that driver anymore. He's a really good, smart driver now. He is, he is, but let's say something happens. Checo is right in the mix and, uh, he's obviously driving, driving with confidence. He's fast. You know, he could, he could challenge Max. And then what happens if there's some sort of infighting? I'm not saying it's going to happen. Yeah, I just in that scenario though. I mean, I, 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 I see Horner stepping in and, and and squashing it right away, so it doesn't become something. And he's already showing like he. We already know who he's going to be the favorite son. He's already showing that. Yeah, but he also said that they have 
permission now to fight for the title. Yeah. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I, I well, think all I things being equal, Max is going to get every advantage. You would think you would definitely think, and it's hard to make an argument against that, but you know, again, check goes fast and you know, uh, it's, it's tough to predict. It, it is still early and I'm sure there was, well, I'm, it wouldn't be too hard to find points last year where you would say, okay, you know, Hamilton's running away with this now or Verstappen's running away with this now. And then they would kind of come back and be tied again, or the lead would flip flop or change. And you'd say, wow, that was an interesting three weeks. Suddenly it's all, it's all different now. So that that can definitely still happen. And the good news for Ferrari is they do have speed and they seem to have, you know, I mean, look at, look at Leclerc. I mean, he's, he's doing fantastic. He's doing a great job. He's fantastic. You could argue the driver of the year. He really is. I mean, he's, he's doing what he needs to do. He just doesn't have the team that's supporting him right now. That's very fair. I mean, whether it's strategy or, or mechanical failures, it's tough to overcome that boy. He looked gutted today. I mean, that interview he gave, they played his audio during the race broadcast. Then afterwards on the post race, they showed the interview clip and his face was just, you know, dropped. He was just, this is the championship. I I mean, I, I, I'm not, I mean, we're what six races into the year or whatever it is, but like, I, it's really hard to envision that this wasn't the championship and he realizing like, Hey man, this is, this was it. It's gone. Like after everything that's happened the last few weeks and the points they left on the table and the wins that have gone away, like this was probably the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Oof, I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. I mean, again, it's, it's still only been, um, eight races. I get it. It's eight races and there's 23 on the calendar. So, yeah. um, you know, there's, well, so 22 now because there's no, uh, no social no Russia. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough to make a case when Red Bulls won five in a row now. Ugh. Yeah. Now Montreal, they say, you know, that could be a, another circuit that fits the Ferraris better, but what kind of faith do you have that they're going to go there and have a clean weekend and put it all together? I mean, it's just like we were talking about earlier with some of the NASCAR guys who hadn't done it yet. Just the fact that, you know, Leclerc won um, those two races early in the year and Verstappen didn't finish either of those races. Verstappen finishes, except for Monaco, he wins. So what evidence do you have to really say, okay, well, they're going to go there and, you know, Leclerc's going to get pole and he's just going to dominate the race and Verstappen's, I mean, Red Bull during the races, they seem to be, they they have the card to win it during the race, so I don't know, man. It's tough to make case right now for anything but what we're talking about happening, which would be bad for F one. I mean, if it if it turns into like a true Verstappen runaway after last season, and really nobody else, you know, you get to like Coda in October, and it's like, oh, they're giving him the trophy. That's not good for F one's growth after they've been. It's not. It's not a good follow up. It's unfortunate, but it underscores the problem in Formula One, which is great teams tend to dominate for stretches and the same driver driver, a couple drivers tend to win the majority of the races and the level of competitiveness, while it's much better than it has been in, in really history, it's still pretty limited. Yeah. I really especially wish I, when you've got Mercedes that's falling off a cliff. Right. That was going to be my point. I mean, I, I'd really wish that you could, I really wish Mercedes had similar strength to what it had last year, just so we could see a true, three team fight and there'd be really six drivers mixing it up every week. Um, I'm surprised you haven't made a comment about Lewis's back with your 
with the fork thing yet. Maybe oh, you're trying to be nice I, this week. He was. I'm trying not. To, I'm trying to take the high road here, Jeff. I'm trying to be classy okay. in that. Like, I mean, back injuries and are not easy. You know, I don't. I'm, I'm not wishing ill will on somebody. Well, I mean, look, he's almost getting. He's almost getting up to our age, and uh, I don't I know about old. you, but Thanks. I've. What's that? Now I feel old. Do you? Does it feel weird that we're older? Like significantly a few years older than Lewis Hamilton. I'm having a really hard time. My birthday was just a couple of weeks ago. I'm having a really hard time right now grasping that I'm the age I am, which I'm not even going to say because I don't feel like it. I don't think I look like it. I sure as hell don't act like it. So I'm, I'm it's uh, yeah, I'm having a real Both hard of our time. ages start with a four. Thanks Jeff. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, earlier today I said you were a great teammate and you were like, no, 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 I don't know if I am. I take that back. I take that back. Why did I say I'm not a great teammate? What was my answer? Well, uh, the PG version is just said you, you were mean to me sometimes. I said I'm a jerk sometimes. So yeah, I used a different word, but you know. The, look, I don't think anybody- I would like to rescind that comment. Look on the Zoom here. Look at my hair. Yeah. You think anybody thinks that I'm not 40 something? That's what I'm saying. See, I got a full head of hair. You know? Right. I'm no, not, I'm not saying youth. you look, you don't look that. You don't look 40 something. I know. I appreciate that. It's like, I need this right now. because I'm really struggling. Okay. I do. So I'm just oh. saying once I, You're once I said kids, that we're man, around the fine. same you age, I don't got to worry about how you look. Oh, tell my wife that <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, I, the other thing is I, I really like that. Um, I really like that track. Um, I know that Baku had to pay like $55 million <laughs> to get the race there, you know, that the fee, just like, just like Saudi Arabia did, I believe, you know, I, I don't think anybody's paid more than that yet. Right. As, in terms of the fee, but that track with like, it just has such a good mix of the narrow, um, the, those sharp corners and the narrowness. And I, I couldn't believe that there was no true safety car today and nobody like actually, you know, really went off and had a bad wreck. I mean, those to drive at those speeds, um, on that track, I mean, super impressive. It's probably the uh, best street course in the world, if you think about it. Like, there's actual passing there. It's not just a procession. You, you, you know, it, it's it, like Long Beach is great because the, the the pageantry and everything, Monaco the same way. But in terms of actual racing, like, you don't see a lot there. This is this is good. Yeah, and it kind of made me want to go to uh, Azerbaijan also. Like, they make the, the city look cool. cool. It looks like something out of a video game, like something out of Super Mario World or something. Yeah, and then well, then they also have like the modern buildings, and they have yeah. like the water right there. I'm like, dang, like people are sleeping on Baku, and I mean, you don't really think about it until you see the F1 race once a year there, and you go, well, that's a pretty cool place. Yeah, I got no idea what else is going on there. I couldn't tell you yeah. anything about it, but it looks great. Yeah, I mean, it's good, good spend, <laughs> good spend by them because yeah. <laughs> Azerbaijan would never be on my radar <laughs> if not for this race. So that's that's where the tourism dollars come in. There, there you go. Yep. Well, Montreal's next week, like we said, and uh, unfortunately, there's going to be no teardown to talk about that one. So, because um, there's a NASCAR off week, and I'm going on vacation. So, well, I mean, I guess you could have a podcast where you talk to yourself. No one uh, wants to listen to me talk to myself. They might. It might be kind of entertaining. Uh, you'd well, be like, "What do you think of that, Jordan?" Well, hit, hit me what, up. What, we'll see. What'd you say? So if someone out there wants to talk Formula One, hit me up. We'll figure. We'll, we'll consider. Well, there's going to be a um, the SRX opener. Yeah, is next week. Uh, and trucks uh, they, at they Knoxville. Trucks at Knoxville. Boy, that was a disaster last year, wasn't it? Hope that's a better race this year. I hate that um, 
Knoxville Trucks and SRX are going head to head on Saturday night, aren't they? No, Trucks is Friday night, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it is? Because they didn't want to mess with Knoxville Saturday night show. Oh, okay. Well, shows you what I know. I'm, I guess I'm already in vacation it. mode, Jordan. Where are you going? Um, you got anything fun? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing that's fun. Speaking of social media earlier, um, I'm out. I'm going to be taking a social media break. Um, this year has been a little bit uh, hard on me, like as far as the negativity. Uh, I am just feel like I get too caught up in it in time. So I'm going to take Kenny Wallace's advice from the 12 questions and uh, disconnect. Uh, I'm going to might try to like delete the apps off my phone just so I'm not even tempted. Wow. Um, That's so a big step for you. It is. It really is because I'm highly, highly addicted to Twitter and Instagram and just constantly scrolling. And, uh, I, I this, can never, I never knew that about you. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this would be very uh, helpful refresh. <laughs> so, um, I, I assume you'll just text me if anything big happens and, yeah. uh, or anybody else there, anybody else out there is listening. If anything big happens and I need to know about it, Shoot me a text message. What I have were you a correction. Say? The yeah. race is actually Saturday night. I apologize. I, for some reason, thought it was Friday. It is Saturday. Oh. My fault. Okay. So, yeah. So, SRX opener in Pensacola mm-hmm. and Knoxville Trucks, I guess, are going head-to-head, which is unfortunate because, if I'm not mistaken, SRX didn't have any conflicts last year at all. Uh, it, it ran sat- Saturday night for six straight weeks uh, unopposed with nothing going up. No NASCAR going up against it. Um, that is I'm, a, I'm almost positive. Yeah. So yeah, well, you know, this season of SRX should be fun too. I'm excited to see what people think of it. Yeah. Um, I got a story on the athletic this week about SRX, by the way. Oh, sweet. There you go. Uh, so check that out. Um, let's see. Well, Oh, I'll tell you what, speaking of your stories on the athletic, before we get into IndyCar, everybody should check out your BJ McLeod story. It got a great response. And, uh, you know, even Mark Martin said, Everybody go read this one. So uh, Jordan had a good idea to do a story about, you know, BJ McLeod is basically your driver's favorite driver, essentially like Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch. They love this guy. Why? Why do they love this guy? And he talked to them about that. Um, NASCAR loves the guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, So let's talk about IndyCar. Uh, IndyCar had a very entertaining race at Road America. Joseph Newgarden ends up winning, but, um, tell you what, especially those last few laps, they had a couple late cautions and yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, last year at road America, uh, he had quite the unfortunate, um, turn of events. So, uh, it looked like Alexander Rossi was maybe going to have a shot at him. It didn't turn out that way. Um, Marcus Erickson who clashed with Alex below his teammate, uh, earlier in the race. I think Pelot, I don't really think he had a case on that one, by the way. I don't think Erickson did anything wrong. No, that's just hard um, racing. That's just that yeah. it's a racing deal. But Pelot was like fired up about it. Um, that's the most I've ever seen him fired up too. He's not somebody who gets, who gets like that too often. He doesn't really drop the sound bites like that no. normally. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was all like who would save their push to pass at the end. And, uh, Grosjean had a shot at the podium. Colton Herta had a nice comeback. Um, Rossi though, like he ends up getting on the podium, but I thought, I thought he was gonna have a chance to win the race and just to work out on that final restart. Um, Newgarden did what he had to do, but, um, Marcus Erickson, uh, now the points leader after Will Power, who after winning Detroit was the points leader, got P- 
punted by DeFrancesco. And uh, he, I guess he was spicy. Will Power was not happy. He was not happy. Was not happy at all. Uh, rightfully so, by the way. Yes. Um, it seemed like he'd maybe softened his tone a little bit afterwards and they didn't fight or anything, but clearly didn't appreciate that. So Marcus Erickson, the Indy 500 winner points leader. And uh, you made an interesting comment. I thought when you had Nate Ryan from NBC sports on the podcast after the 500 and you were, and you were very honest and it's true. Like you're like Marcus Erickson won the Indy 500. You're like, eh, like, does that really move the needle? And it, it doesn't. And now he's leading the championship and you're like, it doesn't really move the needle. Like you want to see something, you want a great storyline and, you know, no offense to Marcus, but that's not him, him winning the championship or in championship contention is not the most sexy thing out there. Well, yeah, I'm, first of all, I mean, it's far from over. Uh, no, no, it's no. A, it's like, a pretty close points battle. Um, and there's, there's plenty of season left. Especially after today. Yeah. Um, but you know, you did see some guys take sort of a hit. I mean, Pato award, uh, Palo took hits in, in their championship quest today. Power. Um, yeah, power. Well, yeah, power as well. Um, Who's by the way, you want to hear something in? weird? Um, racing reference, like our favorite site that we use for like everything. Yeah. Um, they have not updated it for IndyCar. I've been refreshing it for the last five minutes as we're <laughs> sitting here talking IndyCar and it keeps, it doesn't load and they have nothing past Indy 500. Exactly. They didn't even upgrade it, update it for, um, for IndyCar for the Detroit race. Um, no, and we like rely uh, on this. If anybody's listening for racing, I guess it's owned by NASCAR now, isn't it? Yes. NASCAR owns racing reference, but, um, I don't know why they haven't updated it for, um, after the Indy 500. I mean, it's updated for everything. We, we like, this is like our, our Bible. Like we, we we're on this all the time. I, I, there is not, if I had to rank like websites that are invaluable to me, racing reference would hold the top five positions. I'm not sure there's a site that I go to more than racing reference. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's on the short list. I mean, if I'm writing it, yeah. For work reasons. Yes. 100%. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. What, what sites are you going to for non-work reasons, Jordan? Uh, anyway, Jeff, another good one. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's just say I've got a work computer and I got a personal computer. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, sorry, my chair just creaked because I <laughs> fell back in it. Um, a anyway. Moment. <laughs> no, I will say this about uh, Newgarden today, though. I mean, it was a big win. Like he started the year really well. You know, two wins right away, and they're like, okay, he's, he's in a good position. And then he fell off, like, bad. He had a three-race stretch where he was outside the top ten. Uh, Penske as a whole just struggled through the month of May, and he he was well down there. He, he didn't seem like the, it was going to be his year. Third win, yes, he gets the bonus and everything, which is nice monetary-wise, but this puts him back in. I think he was 27 points out now of the championship, and the way this year has gone, that, that's a good spot to be in, considering they just went through a, a really – horrible three race stretch. Well, and, and you know, the other thing is, um, IndyCar has been on a real grind recently. Um, you know, they went, um, Indy GP, Indy 500 qualifying, Indy 500, Belle Isle, Road America, all in a row. And, you know, this is a series that only has 17 races a year and they really pack those in tight. So now they're off until July 3rd. Then they take another two weeks off, uh, and then they're in Toronto. So, um, you know, I, I think 
there's there's still a lot, lot, lot more to come with this season. They've already had their double points race, yes, but they have a double header on the Oval at Iowa coming up in late July. Um, they have some sort of, I mean, Nashville was a wild race for them last year. Uh, they've got the Gateway race um, in August, so that's going to be sort of another tricky one, Oval. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot to be decided. I think it's, back to it's Iowa for the double header, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, there's, there's a lot to be decided was my point there, but, um, certainly they had an entertaining one today. And, and I tell you what, that made me, I've, I've still never been to road America. I'm sorry to admit to everybody on here. Um, it, it just, every time I see it on TV, it looks beautiful. Everybody raves about it. Everybody loves it. Would love to get there at some point. Obviously NASCAR is going there again, uh, first weekend of July, but man, it looks like a beautiful, beautiful track. So you, beautiful have you been the country, there or no? Sure. Very familiar with that area. Have you have you gone to Road America? I can't. Remember. I have. I've been there. I haven't been there for a race, but I have been there. Oh, what did you do there? Just checked it out. Oh, okay. You were like in the area, and you're like, yeah, oh, I exactly. see this place. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um. Well, any any other final thoughts? Uh, as we, we'll miss you guys. We'll miss uh, talking to you guys next week, unless Jordan talks to you. But I edit the podcast and post them, so I don't know who would edit them, but. I guess you could come up with someone if you really want to do one, but probably we won't talk to you for a couple of weeks. So, uh, and by then NBC will have taken over, um, as we bid farewell to the Fox portion of the cup and Xfinity series schedule. Obviously Fox keeps doing the, uh, the truck races, but, uh, Nashville, Nashville super speedway is the next one on the schedule for cup. So Curious we'll be to talking see what to you after that one energy level and the excitement is for that race because last year it was you know nascar's coming back to nashville for the first time in you know how many decades the race was sold out a lot of buzz i don't know if the, the same level of buzz is there which is probably understandable because it's the second year but is it going to be anywhere close to that and so curious to see how that unfolds in a couple of weeks in nashville yeah no i agree all right did we miss anything jordan have we did we talk about sonoma we talked about daniel suarez we talked about F1, IndyCar, uh, what else? What I feel like, we're, or is there something huge that we missed or something? I'm sure there is, but I feel like we we hit on we touched on all the big stuff. It's been fun, busy, jam-packed weekend again of racing. I like having all three series racing back-to-back again. No overlap again this week. We talked about it last week, how there was a conflict between IndyCar and NASCAR. This week, though, perfect. F1, IndyCar, NASCAR. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, these are really, I think, these are really the best days. Um especially in the summer, or I guess it's still spring technically, but you know, before NFL season starts and you wake up, you watch F1, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like the greatest day of motorsports repeated, you know, like for Monaco, we only used to really have that for Monaco. It felt like, um, where, you know, it, it seems like IndyCar start times for the most part are not conflicting as much with NASCAR because they're moving to get on NBC. They've had to move to earlier start times. And that's been really helpful, I think, as a viewer. I mean, I love that. Like, you you watch F1, you have a little break. You watch IndyCar, you have a little break. You watch NASCAR, and your whole day is filled up with racing. I mean, if, if you enjoy racing, um, you get to watch all three, you know, very different kinds of racing, very different types of entertainment levels, or you find your entertainment in different ways for each series. Uh, I, I think these are great days, jam-packed, and flies by, and you see... A lot of great stuff, and, and especially like today with this triple header, I mean, it was three entertaining races. It wasn't like we watched three boring races, you know? So 
I, I second that. I think that was that was fantastic. Good stuff. Look forward to talking again in two weeks, Jeff. All right, everybody. Well, um, we appreciate you, of course, as always, for listening. We appreciate our first podcast sponsor with the Couch Racer. Uh, I, I'm going to order that some some merch right now. And uh, yeah, everybody. Well, I guess I would say um, I'll talk to you on social media, but I probably won't for a week. So um, <laughs> everybody, I'm like you ignore me. <laughs> true, true. Uh, all right. Well, everybody, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you in two weeks on the Terror.